Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Well, I hope you're having a great day. Uh, Welcome to the Coast View. I'm Ricky Matthews. And like I said yesterday, I want to define view, V-U-E. It means the visual perception of a region. That's what we want to do with this show. We want to talk about the Mississippi Gulf Coast and really ultimately dedicate it to the men and women who are making this a better place to live, work, and play. I'm going to share with you in just a minute, so you're going to have to stand by, a secret, a secret about South Mississippi that I think makes living here and visiting here so special. And I think it's a secret that only us South Mississippians can fully appreciate. So stay tuned, and we're going to come back to that in just a second. Um, I'm going to turn to our producer, Kyle Curley, and say good morning. Hey, hey, Kyle. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. I'm doing really good. We had a great day yesterday, and I want to thank you for, your, for all your help. I, what people don't see, what's going on behind the scenes, is all the new technology and using Skype to, to get in touch with uh, Governor Barber in, in Washington, D.C., and then the simultaneously... Uh, you know, moved the show over to YouTube Live and Facebook and all of that. I know it was a lot of new stuff, and we went off without a hitch, man. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Not a problem. You know, one of the things, Kyle, that I talked to to the governor about yesterday was this vision that Kim Dillon and Steve uh, Davenport described to me about Super Talk Mississippi, and in particular their vision for South Mississippi, coastal Mississippi. I think tell us tell us South, the company that owns this station and owns stations across the state of Mississippi has a really cool vision as it relates to how do we connect Mississippi, how do we serve Mississippi, how do we serve the Mississippi coast better. And that's actually how this show came about, this opportunity to, to, uh, to have a conversation about coastal Mississippi that reminds people why this is such a special place to live. Um, I'm really excited about that, and I really appreciate you being part of this vision. You know, one of the things that, that we're going to be doing is actually having Dina Christensen, who's supporting us, post a graphic that shows the state of Mississippi and where all the, the Super Talk Network stations are, so you can understand that. You'll be able to see that on our Facebook page. And also, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you like the show, share it with your friends. Uh, go to our Facebook page and like it. Um, and how else can they inter- intermingle with our program, Kyle? We are all over social media and the web. The best thing to do if you get confused with URLs, websites, Twitter, hashtags, all of that, just go to Google or whatever your favorite search engine, and type in Super Talk MS Gulf Coast 103.1 or Super Talk 103.1, and it will point you in the right direction. Great, man. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Yep. And thank you very much for joining us. I mean, this is a, a show that's going to be uh, one that I hope makes you feel good, makes you remind you what it takes in terms of leadership uh, to, to make this, this, this region tick. So anyway, you remember I said that there's a secret. There's a secret about coastal Mississippi that we South Mississippians really have a better and stronger appreciation for, and that is this, that buildings don't make a community, the people do. Buildings don't make a community, the people do. And this is a, a show about the people of South Mississippi. And one of the things I want to really concentrate on are the characters of South Mississippi. You know, these are people who, who kind of bring spice to our life. And if that is true, then in the studio today, we have the Spice Man. 
Bobby Mahoney. Hey, Bobby, how you doing this I'm morning? I'm doing fine, Rick. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. You know, I told you that there was something that my uh, daughter-in-law's mother shared on Facebook, uh, I think last night. And what it said is the tiny habit changes that will make you a different person a year from now. Oh, man, it was powerful. 25 tiny habits. I'll ask Dina to post this so people can have yeah. the benefit of seeing it. But I want to share one of them with you because when I read this one, yeah. it reminded me of you. Yeah. Tell me what you think about this. Talk to strangers sometimes. Yeah. Talk to your Uber driver when they seem to be chat in a chatty mood. Talk to your server about anything other than today's happy hour specials. Yeah. Talk to the person ringing up your dry cleaning and see how their day is going. Yeah. Sometimes the interaction will be nice but forgettable. But sometimes you will still remember it several years from now. People have the most interesting stories to tell. Yeah. What do you think about that, Bob? I don't know. I, when I go to Walmart or something, I get the cashiers and I'll ask them a whole bunch of little quick one-liners and get them smiling, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's so true. And you're, you're a master at having conversations with people. Well, you know, my mother sent me to Dale Carnegie when I was 17 years old because I wouldn't talk to nobody. <laughs> is that true? And all Dale Carnegie uh, gets you to do is go in there and make a fool out of yourself and not think of nothing of it. You know, if you <laughs> screw up the King's language, so what? You know, pick up the baton and keep twirling, you know. You know. She was she was literally gifted at talking to people, Mary Mahoney, but we're going to come back to <clears throat> yeah, her in a right. second. Okay. We're going to come back yeah, to her. Right. Um, but what I wanted to do is spend just a little bit of time talking about um what it was like growing up on the point of Alexi yeah. in your early life well uh you know of course I, I i i just figured out you know that i i grew up a lot in the tivoli hotel i i didn't realize that but from the time i was about uh five or four five six seven i lived in the tivoli hotel but i, I don't really remember that of course and then then we uh then we got on howard avenue right next to rayo's barbershop and i went to saint michael's school and in the fourth grade, my mother uh, told me I was going to St. Stanislaus and be a boarder. And I said, man, I really don't want to do that. And so she came back and said, well, St. Stanislaus is full. I said, good. She said, you're going to St. Paul's in Covington. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so I was yeah. a boarder there. And then yeah. I came back, went to St. Michael's, went to Notre Dame, mm -hmm. you know, and then I, and then, and then uh, I graduated in 64, and that was the year mother opened up the restaurant. So wow. basically I went to uh, Southern for a quarter and uh, and, you know, that wasn't me. So uh, I just went in the restaurant. I did OJT in the restaurant, for, and I've been there ever since. So 17 years, and you've followed in her footsteps for 22 years? Uh, uh, well, yeah, 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 for 22 years, yeah, I followed Mother, you know. Wow. And uh, she was something to be following. So how much, how much did the Croatian culture affect you when you were younger? Uh, well, you know, of course, I grew up with my grandmother and my grand grandfather in uh of course, half the time they were speaking Croatian, which my mother and my uncle Andrew could both speak mm -hmm. Croatian fluently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean, and uh, it, it was big. Yeah. So, what part of Croatia were they from? Uh, around Dubrovnik, Split, Tristano. Wow. And you know, let me yeah. tell you a story about my my grandmother came here about twenty two, and she's walking to and from the factories, you know. And my grandfather didn't know my grandmother at the time, so he sees her walking to in the factories. You know, they said character's doing the right thing when nobody's looking, right? Mm. And so guess what she was doing that he said, boy, she's got to be a good girl. What? What's that? Saying the rosary. Oh, to wow. And, to, and from, yeah. to and from work. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, you see somebody saying the rosary when nobody's looking, you know, they, yeah, they got to be a good girl, well, which, you which know, is a predominantly Catholic community. Yeah, you know, you know I had the pleasure of uh, marrying into the Yugoslavian community, <laughs> oh, yeah, the Croatian right. community, mm -hmm. by yeah. 
married into the Bohanovic sure. family. Oh, yeah. And Ann and I actually went to Croatia last year. And oh, we wow. went to Split and went uh-huh. to Brock and right. Bilar, where her mm-hmm. grandparents yeah. are from, and over to Dubrovnik, and we went mm-hmm. north. Sure. What a beautiful oh, country. Oh, yeah, they say it is. Well, my nephew got married there. He took, I know he, he did. He took about 80, 90 people with him over there, and they got married in the Well, Wow, and, 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 and to a person, they talk about how incredible that place is. It's yeah. one of the most beautiful places. Yeah. It was really great to be able to get back in touch with now my kids and my grandkids. That's sure. part of their heritage mm-hmm. now. Right. And we look forward to going back there with them. Right. But, uh, yeah, the Croatian culture is such an important part of what's happening on the point yeah. these days. Yeah, every silver dime my grandmother ever saw in her life, she put it in a bottle and sent it to the church in, in Croatia. <laughs> and, and the church the church in, in Biloxi, St. Michael's, yeah. was really the center of the community conversation, oh, well, that's, wasn't yeah, it? That's where all the Croatians lived, you know. The uh, Croatians lived on the point, and the Frenchmen lived on Back Bay, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, and of course, and, uh, back then, it was, it was taboo for a French French girl, a French guy to date a French a Yugoslavian. <laughs> of course, you know that's you know Anne's Anne's mother came from a French uh, ancestry, and of course her father's yeah. parents came from Croatia. So mm-hmm. yeah. they talk about that. It's yeah. interesting, uh-huh. right? Co- co- you know, yeah. coalescing of the, right. of, the mm-hmm. of the of the nationalities. Uh, so you worked in the seafood industry. I did. I worked at Dejon's Packing Company when I was about fourteen, fifteen years old. Uh, I worked in uh, the canning department, and then I worked in the oyster department. Oh, boy, them oysters. When they steam them oysters, ooh, you talk about, ooh, that's, that's an odor, buddy. And, you know, they'd put them oysters in that big vat, and they'd steam them, and then they'd put them in that barrel, and they'd roll the barrel, and the oysters would fall out, and it's salt water, so the oysters would float up and go and go over to the thing, and the women would, uh, you know, can them. You know? how, how long did you do that? Oh, I just did that, uh, you know, about 14, 15, 16 years old. Wow. You know? That's incredible, yeah. man. The Shatanovich family had you know, big roots in the seafood industry. Oh, uh, yeah. My grandfather had a, uh, had, had a factory on Back Bay. And, of course, by the time I was coming around, he was getting out of the factory business. But my uncle still had a, a shrimp boat. And I went out with him a couple times on a shrimp boat. It was named the Caroline. Mm-hmm. And it was a Texas rig where the cabin was in front, not in the back, you know. So, so he later sold that boat he to did. get capital yeah, to, for the restaurant. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, you know, my, my grandfather said, uh, told my mother when she was opening up the, the, the old French house, says, you need to bring your brother in there with him, get him off that shrimp boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, of course, my mother did, you know. Well, so, um, you know, this has been a really good first section of our conversation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Biloxi has such a rich heritage. Yeah. Uh, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. If you look at your mother's life and how it ascended <clears throat> and the birth of Mary Mahoney's and the move to the yeah, old right. French house and all of that, mm-hmm. what a great story yeah. that is. I look forward to coming back after the break and yeah. continuing yeah, this we'll conversation. Yeah, we'll talk about that. You bet, buddy. Okay. Watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Here's the Sports Medicine Minute by Bienville Orthopedics. Hello, my name is Ekaterina Karpitskaya. I'm an orthopedic surgeon with Bienville Orthopedics, the one to trust. If you are having 
persistent aches and pains in the same body part, like your knee or your shin, that only happens when you run and persists after running and does not go away after a few days of rest, it's time to see a specialist, such an orthopedic surgeon. How old is too old to start an active lifestyle? There's no such number. There are some Ironmen in their 80s. If there are some persistent injuries that are keeping you from running, there are other alternatives that you could try, such as swimming or riding your bicycle. While exercising or being active in the South Mississippi heat, it's very important to hydrate. Bienville Orthopedics, Mississippi's largest orthopedic practice since 1981. Just like money in your pocket. Sometimes the sniffles turn out to be more than the sniffles. Luckily, there's a Walgreens right around the corner so you can feel better faster. And right now, get select Mucinex products for only $14.99 each with card. No reason to waste more time feeling lousy this cold season. Get in and out in minutes so you feel better faster. (sighs) Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Uses directed. Restrictions may apply. See store for details. Valid in store through January 11th. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy, or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Does climbing the flight of stairs to your elevated home make your joints ache? Need an outdoor elevator for your home or business? ELS Lifts provides residential, commercial, and cargo lifts designed to withstand the harsh coastal environment. To simplify your elevated living needs, every ELS lift is fabricated with marine-grade aluminum using stainless cables and hardware. Available for beach homes, commercial buildings, barns, and even houseboats. Call 888-990-LIFT or visit ELSLifts.com. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View. I'm Ricky Matthews, and I'm sitting here with Bobby Mahoney. I call him the Spice Man because he's one of the guy, one of the characters in South Mississippi that's bringing <laughs> that's bringing such spice to the life of all of us here in South Mississippi. Some people refer to you, Bobby, as the unofficial mayor of Biloxi. I don't know about all that. <laughs> you know what that do to my golf game? <laughs> well, it probably helps. Or no, it doesn't no, help. No, no, no. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, your early life working in the factory and uh, how St. Michael's was like the center of yeah. the universe and mm-hmm. the and the point, your Croatian culture, yeah. uh, your early life. Um and then what we want to do in this segment is kind of shift gears a little bit because the church still is really central to this part of the conversation. Yeah. It's, you know, Mary's life and how Mary Mahoney came to, she to be where she is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us her story. Yeah. Well, of course, my mother was born in Biloxi and, um, you know, she, she, she lived on, uh, Howard Avenue, right now, like I say, right next to Rails Barbershop. And, uh, 
early on, mother had two jobs. Uh, the first job was she, my grandfather had a grocery store in Back Bay, and uh, she would take the she would t- uh, we'd call it they called it grubbing up. Take the groceries from the store, go down on the pier in a wheelbarrow, get up on the dock, and go from cabin to cabin and put the groceries at the fisherman ordered it. Mm-hmm. And then that night she'd go to work in the uh, at the uh, the the the, the T- Tivoli Hotel and how she got into how she get my daddy uh, well, I just saw it on Facebook my daddy was a night auditor at uh, at the Tivoli and and Mr Minor came in and he didn't like the way uh, Art Mix was running that lounge in in the Tivoli so he kicked him out and he asked my dad if my mother'd be interested in running a lounge mama said I don't know how to mix drinks somebody said Mary just bat them pretty eyes at him and asked him what goes <laughs> in it they'd be more than happy to tell you. And so, mother, uh, and so the guy told my dad, uh, "Look, uh, you, you pay a percentage of what, what you make, and if you lose money, it's at, at your end. You know, I'm I'm not forking out no money. You know, you." And so, anyway, so mother got in that business, and which, and what she did, uh, you, you, you know, she went up and down that bar and talked to people from horse racing to Giacomo Puccini. Mm-hmm. You know, she could go. She spun LPs, male vocalists, female vocalists, Broadway shows, operas, instrumentals. So if you had any class about yourself and you love to listen to good music and you love to have a cocktail, you kind of gravitated to Mother's Lounge. And she used uh, beer and other beverages to barter. Oh, well, well, you know, if you <laughs> if you had any kind of uh, musical or arti- artistic talent. And you took beer for barter, you know. In the restaurant right now, we got mother in a big, uh, bigger outfit, you know, and uh, that was a beer for barter. Louis Graff painted that, and he, she'd give beer, Louis beer, and he'd paint, you know. <laughs> and, and then uh, one day, the piano players playing piano for beer, you know, because hey, musicians love to play, you right. know what I mean? And they get a little audience. She give them beer. One day, the piano player uh, says, "Mary, darling, what's the matter?" She, mother was all depressed. She says, "Everybody comes in here has so much talent, and I can't do anything." She says, "Mary." Dawn, what are you talking about? Well, I can't sing. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't paint nothing. I can't draw. I can't sing. I just can't do anything. And that piano player said, "Mary Dawn, you know how many people going down, up and down this bar and talk to people like you talk to people, son? That's talent." So I think he basically woke mother up. She did have a talent. It was a personality. It was a PhD in. Oh, I tell it well. Uh, yeah, I tell everybody <laughs> she had a PhD in social endeavors. Ah. Well, how does one receive a PhD in anything? Well, you got to be well read, you know. So Father Mullen, who, who was her mentor all through her life, and he was at St. Michael's. Yeah, he was a priest at St. Michael's. He got there in 1938. I think mother was 14 years old. He used to help mother with her homework because her parents were from Croatia and they didn't know anything about the English language. And, and you know, Father Marlin came back in 1984, uh, about 81, 82. He says, you know, I used to, I used to, I used to help Mary with her homework. He said, sometimes it was a bit of an ordeal. He said, she was probably the only person I knew who could use a triple negative and still make sense. <laughs> he says, but you have, pro- if you have children like not to despair, they can grow up and be successful as uh, Mary was. And Robert McHugh did that, did that article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Oh yeah. I remember and that. so any, anyway, so mother was in that, in that lounge and that was 19, uh, about 1961, the ownership of the hotel changed hands. New owner came in and saw all the business mother was doing in that lounge. And, you know, he thought it was because of his, la- of his property, but it was mother's personality that was drawing all these people. You know, like when the general left Keesler Field, they had the cocktail party mm-hmm. for the general at Keesler Field at, at mother, mother's lounge. And so the guy, the guy said, I want, oh, mama went to see Lebedwell Adams, who was a lieutenant governor under Theodore Bilbo. Uh, you know, at Gulfport, and he said, my darling, 
Jetson's nine-tenths of the law. Mama said, what do you mean? He said, when you lock that door at night, you lock it from the inside, not the outside. So mother stayed in that lounge. She slept in that lounge for about four four or five days. Then the guy got pretty sharp. He turned off the water, turned off the electricity, you know, you know what I mean? So somebody grabbed one of mother's uh, Modigliani prints and turned it around with lipstick and put it on there. You're now entering West Berlin and hung it up on the wall. Man, you're going from the bad side of the hotel to the good And they to, ran extension cords. To the good side. Yeah, they, they dropped extension cords. You know, all them hotels have windows. So second floor, you know, probably late at night to fire up the Victrola. <laughs> they, they, they dropped the extension cord in and, uh, and went into the lounge and mother played music. So finally... Uh, mother got really mad, and she went to see Curtis Dito. You know who Curtis Dito was? The sheriff of Harrison County. Sheriff of Harrison County. He had more power than the president of the United States. And his 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 Biloxi office was right next to Mother when he was running for re-election, so he, he liked Mama. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, Clarence Day, was from Columbus, Mississippi. So, uh, you know, so Mother told him, and said, I'll fix this guy. He called up Clarence. He says, look here, you let Mary stay after Labor Day, else I won't give you a liquor license and you can't serve no liquor in that hotel of yours. He's, so he relented. So I tell everybody, mother left out of there cussing that guy till she got to Mary Mahoney's old French house and she went to praying for him. <laughs> so so that was the worst thing that ever happened to her. And ultimately and it was the, the best. And then it was yeah, the best. It was the, I tell everybody, so a lot of times when you think the worst thing ever happened to you, it might have been the best thing that ever happened to you and you don't realize it yet. So they fi- find the old French house. Yeah, mother tell the did. story of well, that. Ma, yeah. ma, ma, mother mother found the old French house, and she, you know, Steve said vision, seeing something that's not there, and mother saw a little something that not there. But uh, what happened was, mother had mother mother used that when she when the lounge closed up, she'd have she'd have guys, some guys come over to the house and they'd have cocktails, you know. So this one one guy was over at the house, and mother told uh, told him his plans her plans to buy the old French house. That was on a Saturday afternoon. Well, mother goes to Thomas Wilkes's office on Monday, and he walks in there and says, uh, Mary, Jake and John came here yesterday, Sunday, and gave me a $500 deposit on the, on, boy, she was hot. Especially at that guy, because he, you know, she went and told, because uh, you don't go to the lawyer's off house on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, so my, my <laughs> mother went, then they kept it for a year, mm-hmm. and they, they tried to get the tour train to stop there. They wanted to make a souvenir shop out of it, and uh, tour train wouldn't stop. So uh, they called up mother, asked if she still wanted it. Mother said yes, she did, and uh, so mother got uh, mother, mo- 1962, worked on it for two years, you know. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I tell you what, just to see what we uh, I started with and what we finished with, because, you know, we moved into the Daily Herald building right. and, and expanded. Uh, and, of course, they took a street corner away from us with Urban Renewal. I said, Ma, they're taking the street corner away from you. You need to start screaming instead of being, the, uh, you know, the queen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She says, I'll just add another dining room right here in our parking lot. Well, <laughs> and, of course, and that was the best thing ever happened to us. So John John uh, uh, Baptiste uh, uh, excuse me John Baptiste Bienville yeah used to command the Louisiana territory. Well, the Bluxy was the capital at one time, right? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a very historic place. A beautiful. beautiful uh, uh, Bluxy's got it as the oldest documented structure in the city of Bluxy, and I think the servants' quarters. Um, 
you know, right off the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, room on the left uh, looking in is where they served and slept, and the room on the right was where they cooked. Got a big fireplace, small fireplace. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know what I mean? And I think that building predates the house. I think, you know, back then they built everything on high and dry land. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it was high and dry, they built something on. Yeah. So I think they had something there. They built the servants' quarters, and then they tore down, the, tore down that and built another house. And the fact, the guy that built it, I had a guy from... Uh, from France come in and told me that his grandfather, his great great granduncle, built this house. His name was Foot, Bru, uh, Brunei Fushi House. They call it. I don't know. I guess he was Brunei. And he said his grandfather built this house. He built one like this, and he built one like the same floor plan in New Orleans on oh, wow. the Wow. And I read somewhere where the um, the, the slate of the roofs came from the, the stone that was part of the ballast of the yeah, French right. ship. Yeah, yeah, sure. What a great connection. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so right. interesting. Yeah. So is it true the cellar is unbelievably dry? It is. Uh, you know, of course, we're on a little hill, you know what I mean? So that, that makes it where it's not below sea level. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she opens up the restaurant. Yeah, 1964, May the 7th. We opened up on Ascension Thursday. A guy wrote in Mother's Book, the only way this place can go is up. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been going up ever since. So was it an immediate hit? Uh, you know, uh, um, Mother, mother. Uh, I guess you basically, you know, <laughs> open the night, me, my daddy, and my uncle sat in the front room right there so if people passed by Water Street they could see somebody <laughs> she was scared to death she was the bartender and the hostess all all in one the same night you know what I mean so so how long did she have the restaurant before you you came in to work with her well mother uh, well, uh, oh I was I started right away right, yeah, right yeah right. I was a bartender and then I seated people I never did work in the kitchen you know I tell everybody I gotta deal with the chef he don't come in the dining room and I I don't go in the kitchen and I'm sticking to my end of it <laughs> So the, the restaurant continued to emerge, and right. she continued to mm-hmm. get more and more popular. Tell about that, the, the ascension of her yeah, you know, yeah, and, and she, she just loved to be an ambassador to the, to the, um, to the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, she loved to change the perception of what they thought of a person from Mississippi, you know. So the, uh, the New York Times Magazine section... Made oh, a huge oh yeah. Well, Father, Father Mullen, you know, he he said, "Go read that," because you know, food, music, art, or fashion, and I, that's how Mother got her doctorate in social endeavors because she <laughs> she read that thing religiously every Sunday. You know, we didn't open on Sunday. So when we come back, we'll talk about Jack Kennedy, yeah. the Queen, oh, yeah. and Reagan, Ronald, President Ronald right, Reagan, right. which 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 Haley and I talked yeah. about yesterday. Right, right, right. So right. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we'll continue the conversation. All right, buddy. episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. Bullet points. I'm Evan Brown. Could it be that after more mass shootings, more people will want so-called red flag laws aimed at taking firearms from mentally unstable people? People that are insane, people that are sick up here, I don't want them to be able to get a gun. President Trump likes the idea on its face, 
As of now, nobody with documented mental illness or aggression issues would get flagged in a background check. In addition, the same individual may not have any records that rise to the level of commitment or adjudication. Adeline Alchin's group supports red flag laws, but what could stop someone from trying to take your guns away just because they don't like you? Amy Swear with the Heritage Foundation. When properly constructed to afford robust due process protections, red flag laws may provide an important mechanism for intervention with regard to both suicides and mass public shootings. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. Everyone in my family uses electricity differently. But when it comes to our Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we all think about it the same way. The co-op is power. power. Sure, electricity turns the lights on, but power is the information I get from my co-op about efficiency, safety, technology, and I trust the co-op because we are the co-op. They're our neighbors. Our friends. Our home. Brought to you by Coast Electric and Singing River Electric, your Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. Sidewalk side or neutral ground side? It doesn't matter if you can't fit everyone in the car on parade night. And don't forget to make space for throws. Visit Baldwin Subaru in Covington, and we'll show you how the Subaru Ascent is a Mardi Gras game changer. With 19 cup holders, there's spots for everyone's go cup, and room for eight means grandma won't have to compete with your beads for the last seat. Whether you're a sidewalk cider or a neutral ground cider, Baldwin Subaru has the parade vehicle for you. Summer days, winter nights, my heating and air ain't working right. Before my troubles get any worse, I'll pick up the phone and sing this verse. Barnes, oh Barnes, won't you help me? Barnes Heating and Air. Hello, Barnes Heating and Air. Barnes Heating and Air, 832-9457. 832-9457. Is your vision hazy? Are colors dull and less vibrant? Has your night vision become poor? This may be caused by cataracts. The fellowship-trained surgical team of doctors, Kipper Nelson, Cameron Griffith, and Joseph Childs at Southern Eye Center can help restore your sight, even making it better than it has ever been. With their expertise and premium lens options, they can help you determine which procedure best fits your lifestyle. Call them today to schedule your evaluation at 601-264-EYES. Sometimes the issues of life require the assistance of a professional. Whether it involves an asbestos-related disease such as mesothelioma, personal injury from an accident, a real estate issue, or even an impending arrest charge, you need the help of an attorney. Cumbest Cumbest Hunter and McCormick have more than 100 years combined experience representing the interests of Jackson County and Gulf Coast clients. Cumbest Cumbest Hunter and McCormick, proud to support the Ole Miss Rebels. 762-5422, cchmlawyers.com. Are you going to be turning 65 in the next six months? You really need to start working on your options right now. For the last 50 years, you've trusted Gary Smith to help you with those options, and he's still here for you today. Start looking for a simple card in your mailbox. Not a piece of mail with an 800 number, but a simple card to say hello with a 228 number. That's Gary Smith. Talk to Gary and tell him what you're looking for and what you can afford for your Medicare supplemental insurance and Plan D prescription drug plan. That way you can keep your doctor and your meds. Call the Gary Smith Agency or visit online at GarySmithAgency.net. Our Policy is taking care of you. From the Gallo Radio Show Archives. In the house, Mike Hurst. When I started at the end of 2017, sadly, our office had gotten so low during the last administration. I think in FY16, we prosecuted 11. 
illegal immigration cases, 11, which is is embarrassing. First year I was there, we had jumped almost 700% to 77 prosecutions. And, Paul, that number I think is going to increase very much more this year. We are continuing to see illegal immigration uh, impact crime around the state. I'll give you a perfect example. About a month ago, we prosecuted an illegal alien who had brought nine kilos of heroin and one kilo of fentanyl through our state. Now, to give your listeners an idea of what 2.2 pounds of fentanyl will do, that will wipe out a million people, Paul. That will wipe out a third of our state. This has been another Gallo Radio Show audio archive. The Mississippi Power Weather Center. Your weather now. Now. Mostly cloudy through mid-morning. It'll eventually clear out by the afternoon. Highs in the mid-60s. Clear and a bit cooler tonight. The overnight low 38. Sunshine tomorrow with a high near 62. Clear skies tomorrow night. The low 50 on Thursday. Looking at mostly cloudy. 68 for the high. 50% chance of rain Thursday night. The low 63. Visit MississippiPower.com slash ways to save to learn about programs and resources that can help you save energy and money on your electric bill. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View. I've got uh, the, the wonderful character of Biloxi, Bobby Mahoney. Bobby, thanks for joining me today. We're having this conversation about his mother now, and the influence that she had on his life. And there's so many stories to tell, but why don't we, why don't you start with telling her love of Jack Kennedy? Uh, yeah, well, you know, mother had that lounge down in the Tivoli hotel in the, in the, uh, fifties, you know, so Jack Kennedy run for president in 19, uh, I think it was 60. Right. And, uh, so, uh, a guy from West Palm beach, Florida walked in mother's lounge and she's got pinned paraphernalia all all over the lounge, and I, I think she bet people bar tabs for uh, a, a year that Kennedy would win. <laughs> you know, if Kennedy would have lost, she might have been in bank bankruptcy. You know, and anyway, this one guy from West Palm Beach, Florida, walked in the lounge and says, "Jesus, what's all this Kennedy paraphernalia doing?" Well, my mama says, "Well, I'm Irish Catholic. He's Irish Catholic, and I'm working real hard for him to be the president." He says, "You know, I know Jack Kennedy. I'll go back and tell him." Went back and told Jack Kennedy he wasn't in his bar and it had full. So mother gets a telegram in August of 1960, and it's and it's uh, it says I understand you've been working for me for president for the last six months. Keep up the good work. If I'm never ever elected, you'll never regret it, yeah. Jack Jack Kennedy. I showed that to Trent Lodgestar. I said that's when your daddy was still a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I got that I got that telegram up in the dining uh, dining room at the restaurant. It got a little wet during the hurricane. Yeah, but, uh, but you but saved it. Yeah, you it's, saved a little, it. it's a little dirty, but you can still see it. So she uh, went to see the Queen. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, mother went to uh, went to uh, Washington. Uh, you know, when she was young, young girl, and in the St. Michael's Bulletin, I don't know, it it it, it was something else. It says Mary was walking. Uh, in uh, Washington D.C., when Queen Queen Elizabeth came to town, and she had to stretch a long neck to see the Queen. That's as close as she got to seeing the Queen. But it, it was something else. There, there are great stories about um, feeding people on the lawn of the White House during the Reagan administration. What was that connection? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. we, we in seventy nine eighty five we went to we, we we fed the Mississippi congressional delegation, the senatorial staff, and the congressional staff seventy nine eighty five. And uh, so 1980, well, uh, 1984, uh, it was National Fisheries Week. And so 
uh, 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 the guy from New Orleans knew we knew how to get to Washington D.C. because we've been doing that feed, and so it was. Uh, so we served uh, fried crab claws and soft shell crabs. At Mississippi had two purveyors there, us and a catfish farmer from North Mississippi. You know, they had shrimp from Texas, uh, clams from New York, salmon from California. It was, it was a pretty, and that's mother's picture. Got mother got a picture with Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, in fact, we sent it back. I think I gave it to Glenn Cannon to give it to Trent Lott. And uh, they brought it over to the White House and they had Ronald Reagan put a real signature on oh, it. Oh, wow. You know, that, so, it's, so up, it's up in the restaurant, yeah. That, that's, so, mm-hmm. that's so special. Yeah. You know, in the conversation I had with Governor Barber yesterday, he talked about working in the Reagan White mm-hmm. House. And he said that he had this unbelievable ability to, to be kind to everyone around Surely, him. Surely, yeah, right. And he treated... He treated even the youngest staff members right. as if they were peers. Surely, and that yeah. that that ability to connect. And that's that's kind of way that's kind of way my mother was, you know, from the dishwashers all the way up to the. She treated everybody the same. And that's just a that's a super yeah. special talent. Yeah. And he ultimately, you know, in the final days of your mother's life, he he wrote your mom a letter. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, and I've you know I have actually a copy yeah, of it here. Right. We won't read it, but yeah. you know I don't. Do you have this up in the? I do. I the, do. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. But it is uh it is just a very special letter uh-huh. in her in her final days yeah. um so when did she die uh she died december the 29th 1985 she contracted that tumor in uh, november of 84 <laughs> you know the first time she contacted that tumor yeah yeah i go she says i think somebody slipped me a mickey last night i said what do you mean ma she says well i got up and i was kind of dizzy you, you know uh, uh you know like somebody mm-hmm. put something in my drink i was mm-hmm. and so she didn't think nothing of it then she went to she went to um Bluxy regional and got a, a scan they didn't quite see anything and then uh, my aunt that has uh, dragos in new orleans married come over here to ashna so she went over there and they found they found mm-hmm. she had a glimoblastoma mm-hmm. just like uh, john mccain and mm-hmm. uh, a few of them other ones yeah, yeah yeah a couple of local people we yeah. know has had, mm-hmm. had those right. it's really really mm-hmm. a, a devastating disease yeah. right so let's let's shift gears a little bit yeah there's a lot of stories to tell and we'll we'll yeah we'll have to pick some of them but <clears throat> i have a copy of a book of yeah. me. grab that book yeah john grisham yeah you the want me to quote jury. it you want me to quote it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah can you it's nicholas easter walking down the mall sees judge hawkin eating at mary mahoney's walks in hey judge we've not got any food service here at o'reilly's deli he says he says uh, follow me back to the courthouse yeah. so he summons your jurors and smiles he says, I'm inviting you all to follow me, Mary Mahoney, Mary Mahoney, and join me for lunch. He said, call Bob Mahoney and tell him to prepare the back room. <laughs> they dined on crab cakes, grill snapper, fresh oysters, and Mahoney's famous gumbo, and all went back to tell about the lovely lunch. Oh, wow. You know, you know I'm a big John Grisham fan. <clears throat> so I send him gumbo every <clears throat> December, you know, just <laughs> well, so it don't lose book, his attention. Tell the story. You know, I, I remember you telling me that specifically in this book, yeah. John himself came from the courthouse to Mary Mahoney's to make sure you could tell tell us. Well, well tell oh, how that how that occurred was uh, Ronnie Musgrove was running for uh, I think lieutenant governor, which, and so John was having a political fundraiser at the restaurant. It was a twenty five hundred dollar <throat> couple luncheon, so we had ten couples show up, and so uh, he's walking he's walking to the restroom. He said, "Bob, you know my next book I'm doing's in Bluxy, Mississippi." Would you mind if I put your restaurant in the bus? I said, mind, I'd be tickling that, you know what I mean? And so we're in the runaway jury, and we're in the partner. Yeah. And I keep sending him that gumbo every December. You never know, he'll take another fictional ride through Biloxi, Mississippi. you got to eat someplace, right? 
Well, how many times have you quoted that section of the book? <clears throat> oh, well, you saw I spit it out pretty quick. You did. You did. <laughs> well, you know, anytime you're in John Grisham's <clears throat> book, uh, you know, you, uh, pretty much, and he mentions your name, you know what he says about you. Well, when I, you know, I find that there are writers <clears throat> who, from time to time, have kind of come through Mary Mahoney's, yeah. and they're fascinated with that part of it. They, mm-hmm. they love to touch the fact that there is actual real life yeah, in but, these fiction uh, books. Uh, let me tell you about yeah. uh, Anderson Cooper. Well, 1976, Wyatt Cooper's here doing a uh, uh, talk for women in journalism at the Burlwater Beach Hotel. That night he comes in the restaurant. Well, my mother is ecstatic that Wyatt Cooper is in her restaurant. Because you know who Wyatt Cooper is married to, Gloria Vanderbilt. So, you know, the mother loved fashion and had the lady icon of the fashion world. Husband in the restaurant was pretty big. Well, he was having dinner that night. While he was having dinner, Anderson was at the water park coming uh in the water park so he comes in with a bathing suit with a towel wrapped around him and joins his daddy for dinner okay now now let's go all the way back let's go to the storm you know hurricane katrina so john grisham given five million dollars rebuild homes on the mississippi gulf coast so uh anderson cooper's doing a story so john says meet me at mary mahoney's so anderson gets there a little bit before john and so i said and so i introduced myself to him i said you know your daddy was here 30 years ago i said you your brother was with him he said that was me he was eight years old he he, he his daddy was doing a like i say talk talking uh journalism and so anyway i brought anderson in showed him the room him and his daddy sat sat, sat in and so yeah and what he did i think he, he was eight years old. Right. So what I did, I resurrected a memory of him and his daddy that he had forgotten. You try to go back and remember something that happened when you was yeah, eight years old. Right. So he put it in his book, Dispatches from, from the Edges, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, go about three years ago, uh, he, him and Andy Cohen's at the, at the Sanga Theater in New Orleans. So my son says, I'm going. I said, well, I got to go because there's a couple things I need to tell him. Mm-hmm. And so I get there. And so my sister tweets him that he that my brother's going to be there, but she don't know. I don't know if he's going to read that tweet or not. About three quarters of the way through the show, he says, it's Bob Mahoney from Mary Mahoney's restaurant here. And so we went on to tell a story how his past caught up with him in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. After the show, he, uh, he says, come on back. So I tell him a couple of things. When Gloria Vanderbilt married Wyatt Cooper in 62, 63, New York Times headlines was Gloria Vanderbilt marries obscure writer from Mississippi. <laughs> With a clarion ledger got a hold of that, and their headlines was Wyatt Cooper marries New York girl. <laughs> so they stuck that ne- they stuck that needle right right back right back in them. And so another thing I tell him, I'm sitting there with, uh, you know, uh, a teal girl that's the Methodist minister. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. she's in with her convict, congregation. A little old lady in there with her. And I tell her, I'm going to see John Grit. Grit I'm going to see Anderson Cooper. And she said, would you give him my phone number? She's 90 years old. And I said, uh, I said what, what, what? She said, I went to the junior senior prom with his daddy. So wow. anyway, I go back there, I tell John Grisham, uh, hey, this little old lady, her name's Gloria, and she, she wants you to call her. She went to school with your daddy, and he took her to the junior senior prom. And, and so I tell, I tell him that, and uh, uh, so I call, call, call Gloria. I said, don't call you yet? I said, no. So I text him because he gave me his phone. Now, I said, a little old lady that went to school is waiting for, for you to call her. About So he, 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 he called her, and she said, yeah, we had a real nice talk. When he was five years old, she came and sat on my lap and so on and so forth. Oh, wow. but, that, but that was a unique story. What a great story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's a great story about the, the New York firefighters coming to Biloxi. Yeah. 
uh, after Katrina yeah. and a discovery they made about your father. Yeah. So when we come back, I want to talk yeah. about that. Okay. I want you to tell, you know, how did Mary Mahoney's make it through Camille? How did that set up your experience for Katrina, which is amazing oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, funny yeah. at the right, same time. Right, 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 so right. we'll come back to that in just okay. a few minutes here on the Coast View. You probably already know Adventures Pub and Spirits has won awards for local favorites hangout on the coast and best bar on the coast, but you may not know that Adventures also features an excellent lunch special menu Monday through Friday. Homemade lasagna, burgundy beef tips, chicken fried steak, oh, shrimp creole, and more for only $8.95. Oh, my personal favorite, the seafood pie loaded up. Lump crab meat, shrimp and cheese baked in a flaky pie crust. Adventures Pub and Spirits, one block north of the Hard Rock, next door to City Hall on Lemuse. If you're one of the millions of Americans who owes back taxes, if you get nervous when the mail comes because you might get a letter from the IRS, then you've heard. Their enforcement agents are cracking down this year and can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even your home or business could be at risk over unpaid taxes. It's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. The award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief will fight to get you the best deal possible, protecting your paycheck and your assets from IRS collections. But don't delay, because the IRS is tacking on interest and hefty penalties every single day. So don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-936-9033. 800-936-9033. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Since 1950, when you needed help and advice from an experienced attorney, you turned to Boyce Holloman and Associates. Standing on the principles of experience, integrity, and results, Boyce Holloman and Associates can help you and your family with a variety of legal matters. When you come to Boyce Holloman and Associates of Gulfport, every client, every case gets the level of service from attorneys and staff who honor the legacy of Boyce Holloman's tradition of excellence. See Dean and Tim Holloman at Boyce Holloman and Associates. 1720 23rd Avenue, Gulfport. Just like money in your pocket, that's super fun. When you trade with us, you always get a best. Super deals are why. Whether you sell or buy, we can checks, we pay bills. We make loans like no one will and help you keep your pockets filled. Just like money in your pocket. When the power goes out, you feel helpless. Stumbling in the dark, especially during a hurricane, is dreadful. Bay Motor Winding wants you to have your comfort and independence. A Briggs & Stratton standby generator system from Bay Motor Winding will automatically power your entire home, keeping the lights, appliances, and cooling running smoothly. Select Briggs & Stratton generators come with a 10-year parts and labor warranty. Visit baymotorwinding.com before the power goes out. 
In the house, none other than the executive director of MDA, Glenn McCullough. No less than CNBC last week said Mississippi is taking the lead along with North Carolina, I think in Montana and Rhode Island. They mentioned Engel Shipbuilding and the integration of young students into the workplace. It was with the Toyota Wellspring Fund uh, with the principal from New Albany High School. He said our 10th graders right now work on equipment that's in the Toyota Corolla assembly plant in Blue Springs. And they are so energized and excited, they cannot wait to go to work and assemble automobiles. All of our work on drones, all of our work on uh, building helicopters, our radar systems in forests, automobile entry. There's a lot of good things going on that you only hear here because most of the media out there would not tell you. We tune into the Paul Gallo Show, Super Talk Mississippi. I'll use that as a promo. Thank (laughs) you, sir. From the Gallo Archives. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back uh, to the Coast View. We've got Bobby Mahoney here. So, Bobby, we've got just a few more minutes here at the end. Tell a story about the New York firefighters. Uh, well, they used to come here and give away Christmas right after Katrina, and they'd give away Christmas toys. They did it for about 10 years in a row. So about one of the last years, I told them that my grandfather was a firefighter in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and he was a L-O-D-D, line of duty death. You know, he fell through a building. And they went back to New York and got all the paraf- all the newspaper clippings and all and bundled it all up, which is weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, yep. a, that's an incredible yep. story. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, gaming. Yeah, right. You are an early supporter of gaming. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, like I say, you know, back in 1965, we had casinos here on the beach, right? Here. <laughs> you know, they were all blue laws like liquor, you know what I mean? In fact, uh, per- Palermo called me up one day. He says, "Oh, you had gaming. You had illegal. You had illegal gaming." There, I said, "Yeah." I said, "We had illegal whiskey too." I said, "We was paying a black market tax to the state of Mississippi, and we were shooting the dice." Wow! You wow. know. So anyway, about 1965, I, I told my mother's paying me like forty dollars a week, and I said, "Anthony Rosario was opening up. A, 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 him and P.J. Martina was opening up a casino." I said, "Ma, can I go deal dice up the beach?" I said, surely, I guess so, Bobby, but I can't tell him my son's a crap dealer. She said, I'll tell him you're a croupier. They won't know what the hell that is anyway. <laughs> you know? So anyway, so, uh, you know, so when gaming came by and, uh, you know, the number one tourist attraction in the world was Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. You know, uh, 30 million people a year were go- going, going there. So, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, you know, I went on WLOX one time. I wanted to put gaming in the casinos. I figured if I gave all the state all the money, they might go for it. And all yeah. we wanted was economic spinoff, like Monte Carlo. Yeah. But thank God that didn't happen. And and so uh, we 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 uh, you know we lost the first vote, eighteen thousand to seventeen thousand. Won the second vote, twenty four twenty four to eighteen. And uh, you know, Bluxy, the Bluxy school system to date, I think, has got about a half a billion dollars in revenue from the casino. So, industry. so you once compared a casino job to a Nissan job, yeah, and right. the difference is we have to give all these incentives yeah. to yeah. Nissan. Well, so, uh, you know, I tell everybody, economically, economically, one casino employee is equal to about fifty Nissan workers. I said, how you figure that? I said, well, over the next ten years, the state of Mississippi will give Nissan. Uh, cash and uh, in, in incentives would equal about a no taxes and stuff yeah. for about a half a billion dollars. Yeah. And over the next ten years, just one corporation like the Beauvage will pay one. We'll pay a half a billion dollars. Which one do you want to have? The one that's getting a half a billion, the one that's paying a half a well, billion. Well, people accused you during that debate that 
you you didn't understand that when the casino opened, it would have its own restaurants well, and it would no, take well, business you, you from know, you. And, 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 yeah. and, and that, you know, I had the old callers in to call me up and said, Bob, what you doing? They're coming down there. And, well, you know, he, he kind of sent them down there. And, 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 you know, I said 25 good things about the casino and one bad thing, of course, you know, and they just exploited the one bad thing. <laughs> I said, you know, you, you, you know and... and uh, and probably I should have never said it because you know that's that's part of the deal. But you know I got caught up in the moment. Yeah. And uh, the people think that thought that I was against casinos, which I never was against casinos. So, so I, I was for bringing them big hotels here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can't draw people from Georgia to my restaurant, but I can draw them out them hotel rooms. So the bottom line is your business has thrived. Oh yeah, sure. It ain't even close. You know what I mean? It's tripled my business. So we don't have much time left. So real quickly. You were there during Katrina. You made a bad mistake to stay. Oh yeah, right. Well, in Katrina, uh, Katrina was uh, you know we uh, Camille. We thought Camille was the mother of all storms. Yeah. You know everybody used it as barometer. You know I got knee deep water in the bar, knee deep. You know what I mean? And so I'm in this building because uh, in Camille, uh, I was at my mother's home and. Uh, you know, we had water breaking in the living room, which I thought was a big thing. I coined that phrase. We had white caps breaking in the living room. And while we were in the attic, you know, I see the water splashing in the thing. That Thank God it wasn't Katrina. So now here comes Katrina. So, you know, uh, my mother built that building right there. She couldn't build a home next door, but they said you could build a business and build a home on top next to the rest. So, so that's what she did. Poured concrete rebar. You know what I mean? Cinder yeah. block. So I knew I'm in a sturdy building, right? So about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, big rolling waves start coming in, you know? And they start breaching the second floor windows of the building we in. So my brother-in-law told me to do something, and I did. He put a little pressure on them bottom two windows, and I did. And then, boom, uh, you know, I turned my head. Here comes a wave. Knocked me back 15 feet. I get up. I got cuts all over. I go in the kitchen. I got a big gash in my gluteus maximus. And every emergency kid needs to have some duct tape. They duct taped me up, set me on the carpet, and I stayed there. Took me to the hospital, pulled a three-and-a-half-inch piece of glass. My brother-in-law was taking a battery out of Jeep, and guess what got him on the thumb? Copperhead. Wow. We both spent the night in the hospital. He in the bed, me on the floor. I limped out the next morning. Um, Mayor Holloway said that Camille killed more people in 2005 yeah, than Katrina because people yeah. made that decision. Sure. Bobby, thank you yeah. so much right. My pleasure. for being a part of this show. Right. You hey. are the Spice Man. Yeah, all right, spicy. And the unofficial Mayor Biloxi. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate okay, you taking well, the time. Hey, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Yes, sir, and thank you for okay. listening. We'll see you tomorrow okay, morning. Okay, buddy. Uh-huh. All right. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.